The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Our program is about turning the negative challenges in your life into positive experiences. If you feel that life's issues are bogging you down and there is no hope in sight, you've arrived where you need to be. We'll discuss the challenges and offer solutions that you can start working on immediately. Now, here is your host, Jeanette Abney. Hi, this is Jeanette. I want to welcome you today to Voice America with Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. And today we have on our show my pastor, Pastor Marcus Robinson of Rhema Words Ministry, located in both Oceanside and Temecula, California. So I want to first introduce my host and let him speak, and then we're going to talk about what the episode description is for today. Okay, Marcus Robinson, Pastor, introduce yourself. Uh, how you doing? Uh, my name is uh, Marcus Robinson, I'm the founder and senior pastor of Raymond Word Ministries, located in one church, two locations, located in Oceanside, California, and Temecula, California. Okay. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to be talking about help me save my marriage or my relationship. Not only are we going to be talking about saving your marriage or relationship and offering you tips and giving you some biblical spiritual guidance in regards to doing so, we're also going to be talking about or talk about if your marriage or relationship is even worth saving. I first want to start by saying and asking the question, are you in a marriage or relationship that is in conflict or experiencing turmoil or it seems that you are missing what you once had? and it's becoming difficult to coexist under the same dwelling, finding it difficult to communicate, spend time together, not to mention agree on the simple things to be a, you know, a common feeling or you're just constantly having difficulties. As we know, every marriage and relationship goes through its ups and downs. So today on Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney, we're going to have Marcus Robinson share a little bit on a biblical side in regards to marriage, relationships, and some of the things that he sees within a church setting that is basically affecting people's marriages and relationships. Marcus, Pastor Robinson? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Based on your experience, tell us about, first of all, what brought you into the field of ministry and give us a little insight on what you see in the church and also about your lovely wife, Tammy Robinson. I want you to share and give our listeners some information in regards to, from your perspective. Oh, first of all, let me, let me send a shout out to my wife, Tammy. We've been uh, married approximately six years. Uh, we, we, I've been in church my whole life and, and I've watched church and I've watched ministry my whole life and, what got me into ministry was, uh, you know, I, I believe that the way I saw it, instead of complaining about it, I believe that God had called me to be a difference maker. Oftentimes the problems that we see 
are the or the things that we see as problems or what we are known to do. So instead of complaining about what I saw, uh, I took the other perspective and say, okay, God, maybe this is what you called me to do because you allowed me to see so much uh, about it. And since we've been, we've been pastoring pro- approximately almost three years now. Uh, we started out of our home. But one of the biggest problems that I see in relationships overall is that it is a lack of singleness, a lack of singleness. Uh, we have Americanized the word single to mean someone who is outside of a relationship. But when we really look at the word single, the word single really means to be whole and to be complete. And, and we, and what I've noticed in the church and not just in the church, but uh, all around the world is that people are going into relationships and they're not whole and they're not complete. That That's one of the biggest problems that I see in relationships. And, you know, it's interesting that you speak on that, Pastor, and we find that a lot of times, and not only that, even with premarital counseling, a lot of times, you know, back in the day, people were, we had gunshot weddings, we had, you know, people having or living, basically living together out of wedlock and things of that nature, and marriage was either one of those things where I love them, I like them, I love them, so let's get married, or your parents were, you have what was called, what's called a prearranged marriage. And how do you see that today? Is that some of the things that you still see existing where people are being forced to marry or they're marrying for the wrong reasons? What are some of the things that you're seeing? Well, I, I, I think there is a, a lack of understanding of the terminology of marriage and, and there's a lack of understanding what marriage really is. And I think uh, even in, inside of the church, that most people are getting married out of a lack of uh, or, or expecting to receive or be complete when they become married. They they get married or they look for a significant other to complete them to mm-hmm. to make up the slack for what they're not for what they don't have or to replace something in their life that they didn't get. And that is true. I'm looking at some information, and it says, for this reason, a man is to leave his father and his mother and to be united to his wife, and the two shall be as one. Now, just looking at that scripture and the two becoming as one, and for what you're saying, if a person is not whole within themselves, and if they're looking for that wholeness in someone else, what is your take or what would you say or give the, the listeners some additional information in regards to the two becoming one? Well, the, the, the two can't become one until, until both individuals are single and whole. And, and that, that leaving and cleaving, that, that speaks to more than the household, but it, spe- it speaks of outside influence. W- once you become married, the, the voice that matters the most in your life outside of God is your spouse. That, okay. that is the voice that matters most. But most people today, you know, we are, a lot of marriages are good until we allow outside influences to come in. Even if we relate to the Bible, if we would go over in Genesis chapter three, the first marriage was going good until some, somebody came from outside and whispered negativity in the ear of one, which caused both to lose connectivity with one another. 
so so that's that's one of the the biggest things that I see and, and because and that and that's why it's so important to be whole because if if the woman the first woman was whole and complete and this serpent in this case came to her with outside information trying to make her question who she was. What he did was he played on her not being whole. He played on her insecurity, what she was lacking at. And because she was lacking in this area, he was able to gain the influence that her husband should have had over her life. Therefore, he destroyed their marriage. Okay, Pastor. One of the things, I, I'm a licensed marriage family therapist, so I work with a lot of couples, and I hear a lot of a lot of information. I see a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. And one of the things that I share with my clients is that you have to be whole. You have to be whole spiritually, you have to be whole mentally, and you have to be whole um, physically. Because if you're lacking also in any of those areas, it can cause problems within your relationship or your marriage. Okay, we also have a Davina caller, Davina, calling from California. Okay, do you have a question? Well... I just wanted to share with you, I understand about the relationship, and it's not a question more than a comment. I wanted to let you know that I've been married 20-plus years. We were married 89. I married my high school sweetheart, and before we even got married, um, which was like 10 years later after we were married, we um, were friends, and I think being friends and having the same values and the spiritual link um, for connection is one of the better ways to go when you are married. That way you'll know how to handle any oppositions coming your way, any challenges, whether it be by people or anything like environment or anything like that, loss of jobs and everything. You just work together. You work through things. And I want to thank you, Davina, for that information and that insight. And that is very interesting because a lot of times when we marry, sometimes we marry for different reasons. And we try to say, okay, well, I love this person. I want this person to be my friend. We're spiritually connected. We are basically, we've been knowing each other for years. And we find in that sometimes, a lot of times, we need a little bit more than just that. Or is that enough to sustain a marriage? Being friends, what type of friends are you? You know, I used to tell people, and I've been called to the table on this one, I'm a better friend than I am a wife. Because I know how to be your friend. But do I really know how to transition that friendship into being that wife that you need, that you want? Am I willing to, to, am I afraid to take that chance? Or do I just become too comfortable with being your friend and just marrying your friend? Pastor, share a little bit about that in regards to marrying your best friend or how do you know when you found your soulmate? Okay, well, first of all, I want to thank her for that comment because that is, I think that is so very, very true because uh, we teach this in our single class that when, when everything else fails, when the money fails, when when at times of attraction, when that when they fail or, or intimacy, when that fails, you should always be able to fall back on the fact that we were friends. And, and a lot of relationships are terminated because we never got the time to establish a friendship to even see that if we were, to even see if we were compatible or we would last in a relationship. Our, our world today is so sex driven now. So, so driven on physical attraction that 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 is we have prioritized that over longevity because friendship is longevity. 
Now, if you have a friendship, once you, once you, once you learn how to be a true friend, that is something that will never leave you. A wife or a husband is a learned thing. You learn that by spending time with that person that you're with. Um, a wife to me may be different from what somebody else thinks their wife should be because it is predicated upon the individual's needs. So now if we don't have, if we don't have a friendship and we can't talk to each other as friends and teach each other how to love one another as spouse, then the relationship won't last. I believe that, you know, you found the person that's for you when you all have a friendship and most successful marriages were friendships that turned into marriages. And that's why they last so long. Can I get amen on that? And that is so, so true because we do have some relationships that have stood the, the test of time. You know, when they say for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, to death do us part. And um, a lot of times people struggle with that. And I wanted some of the listeners or to call in if you have any relationship questions or you want to get some insight on what can I do to bring the spice back into my life. And I like how Pastor talked about that. The number to call is 888-346-9141. And don't be scared. Or you can email me at lmft at gmail.com if you have any questions or you want to find out or give the callers some information that could basically let you know how to get the, put the spice back in my marriage. Because one of the things, or I want to say two things that I also work with my clients on is talking about basically are you compatible and what do you mean by you're compatible? Is it that we just like going to the beach together? We like going to the park together? Where's the chemistry? Do you have that fire? Because one of the things that I see, Pastor, is a lot of times individuals get to the point to where they want to add spice into their marriage, but they do things in a way sometimes that may not be godly. Sometimes we have individuals that try, they become swingers, or they try to um, engage in these different types of different types of things in order that to increase their sex life. Let's share with some of that information with our viewers in regards to how that can either cause a problem or create a problem. As far as, as the intimacy in, in the marriage, uh, uh, you know, one, one, of the, one of the books that, that we've read and we're reading out of now is, is called Love and Respect. And, and, and it's by, uh, I believe it's by Emerson. And, and one of the things that, that really, that really, really kill the intimacy in marriage are those two things. You often hear women say, he doesn't love me like he used to. He doesn't treat me like he used to. He doesn't love me. And, and the chief complaint of man is she doesn't respect me. And, and what, what we must understand is, is that words, words and how we talk to each other is where intimacy starts. If we, if we don't, if we don't talk to each other right, or if for a woman, for a woman, sex does not start in the bedroom. It starts at the beginning of the day when you say, good morning, baby, how you doing? When she's at work and you send her flowers or, or you send her a text and, and let her know you're doing, she, how, at last year. And, and when you do that, 
you know, that gets her because now she feels wanted. She feels loved. And I believe every man has been guilty of taking their woman for granted every now and then because we lose track through work and all of that. But we have to be mindful that we have to, just like we value our jobs, we have to value our relationship, and we have to make the time to speak into the lives. And on the other hand, men, it's a respect thing. Once If you if you say, uh, yeah, baby, I love you, or okay, you make me feel like the man, even when, you know, even when you don't think that I'm doing the right thing or I don't agree with everything that I say, you know, that you can... One one of the problems, uh, Jeanette, and I'm kind of hopping all over the place here. I know. Is that you know what, Pastor? We're going to take a break. we got one minute, and we're going to give the listeners some more of that because I think you might be giving it to them a little bit too fast because they need okay. to hear that. Because one of the things we have to learn because we was not taught is that intimacy does not always mean sex. So we're going to be back right. in 30 seconds, and we're going to share with you guys how to pour into somebody's life, how to give them some positivity to encourage them and not break them down. Okay, we're going to take a break and call in. We'll be right back with J.A. Precious, Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and Pastor Robinson. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Okay, welcome back. Okay, you're on the line or on the air with Jeanette Abney, licensed marriage family therapist, and Pastor Marcus Robinson. And we're going to go into some different areas of marriages in regards to trust, honesty, conflict resolution, communication. And there's some other things we have to learn, like forgiving one another. But we got Gilda from Las Vegas on the line. Gilda, can you hear us? 
Yes, I can. Okay, Gilda. Do you have a question? Um, well, I just wanted to say I enjoyed listening to the pastor as he was speaking about the intimacy. intimacy Does it mean sex? Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes, I can hear you. Yes, and I liked that that topic he was speaking on. I liked that all the topics he was speaking on. I've been married for quite a while now, and, um, you know, me and my husband, we have a lot of ups and downs, but through the overall, since since I've allowed God to come into my life and fill me up with all my voids I had and the things I was looking for in life, you know, I've been a better person, you know, as I let the Spirit of God in my heart. I want to thank you for that, but give us some information. Some, how can you, like you said, you have children, you've been married for a long time, and you know I know who you are, so I love you, Gilda, yeah. okay? And thank mm-hmm, you for calling, because mm-hmm. I wanted you to be able to share some of the secrets and some of the things that can help, especially young couples, because I remember attending your wedding, and when I came to your wedding, it was so beautiful. And how many years mm-hmm, have you guys you. been married now? Um, it'll be 17 this year, 17 years of marriage. And we've been together over 30 years. I've, I've been with him since like 1982, 83. It's been so long. It's hard to count. <laughs> so yeah, You're it's right. been a long time and we had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of ups and downs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and before we got married, I used to run off and leave my kids and everything. And he still loved me, chased me with the kids and everything. And we got married, you know, and mm-hmm. I still was acting crazy after marriage. And he still chased me down with those kids. And I had to realize to myself, I had to surrender and say, this person loves me. You know, this is unconditional love. You can't keep doing this, you know. It's, so it's funny you so, said that about unconditional love because a lot of times we talk about unconditional love. Pastor, talk a little about a, a bit about unconditional love and where that unconditional love comes from. Well, that, that that unconditional love, that, that word in the Bible is is agape, is agape, and it's a love that is given to us by the the Holy Spirit. Now, in, in ourselves, in ourselves, outside of the Holy Spirit, we have we all have limits to our love. We all have limits to our love. But when when we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us or we allow him to come into us, then he gives us the ability to love beyond our boundaries. And this is why, this is why we must always, and I believe we must always invoke God or his presence into our marriage, because if we don't invoke his presence into our situation, then when we get to our limit, we'll bail out of our marriage or our relationship. So that's when agape has to take over. And agape is a selfless love. That means, okay, at this point, I want to do what I want to do. But because I have agape in it, I'm moving myself out of the way. And, and Lord, what, are, what do you want me to do? What do you desire for me to do? How do you want me to treat this person? Because even in our marriage, you, you lended this person to me for a specific season of our life. So since you lent them to me, you created them, you know them. Now I'm at my limit. So teach me how to love who you gave me. Okay, Gilda, I want you to hang on. Do not hang up. Mm-hmm. 
But we have another caller that I want to merge into the line, and we have Delano calling from California. Delano? Good afternoon, Jeanette. I wanted to hit more on the, the intimacy growing up uh, in a part of the city and part of the state uh, where male intimacy is missing. Uh, and male intimacy has not really been discovered in certain parts where I've always heard women who are thriving for that intimacy without sex. From a pastoral view, I've seen that, and from just a man's view, that there are a lot of males who don't understand intimacy. And uh, I agree with Pastor Robinson that it does not begin in the room. It begins over breakfast, it continues over lunch, it goes all the way through dinner. And one of the things I would like uh, to open up is how to maintain intimacy in a relationship, not only during the years, throughout, I mean, during the day, but throughout the, the time, because there will be a season in everyone's life when things happen. And you won't have anything but intimacy without sex. Mm-hmm. So what can we tell the listeners? What, do they, what can we do when we run into that problem to where, like you said, people change, you're gonna, your seasons are going to come and go, you're going to go through your ups and downs, and then we're going to run into some conflicts. I heard Gilda say, and I wanted to keep her on the line, when she said she would run away. And a lot of times we either run to, we run from, or we run for. And we don't realize what we need is probably right there in our face trying to hold on to us. Gilda, tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you. Gilda? I guess we lost Gilda. Okay. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. I I can hear you now. Okay. Tell us about... That experience, running to, running from, running for, and like you said, your husband was always there trying to catch you, trying to stop you, trying to let you see, I love you. What was that experience Uh, like for you? Well, now that I look back on it and try to analyze what happened, it's like it started with me. I was missing something from a child, so it was a void in me. You know, and then stuff started happening so fast as far as the babies. Before I was 21, I had 20, I had five kids. So just stuff started happening so fast in my life. You know, all I knew was to do was run, you know, that I couldn't make it. I got overwhelmed with life, bills and kids and everything. So I ran. I was a runner, but he kept chasing me down. and and, And until I realized this is a problem. That's a problem with me. And I surrendered, and I threw my hands up and asked God, please help me. Please help me. Please. I, I, it's been times I asked God to make my decisions for you, for me. He said, I can't make your decisions for you, but trust me. I can hear him saying in a sweet voice saying, trust me, just trust me. And I just trust God. I start trusting in him, filling my spirit up with his word. And now my marriage is, my marriage is okay. You know, and and then it's, I hear the men talk about inter, intimacy, and 
my husband has a funny way of showing that because it don't just start in the bedroom. You just can't come at me like that in the bedroom. So, mm-hmm. you know, the little things he do, because they don't know. I don't think they do really know. But little things he do, like start playing, tickle me, or stroking my hair, or rubbing my feet, I consider that as the in- intimacy. It might be little to some feet. people, but it's big feet, to me. Let's talk about that feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the feet. I got bad feet. <laughs> so little stuff like uh-huh. that beforehand, you know. And then I be, I, sometime when I'm not feeling it, you know, he respects that issue. He gets upset, but he respects that issue. You know, we're not the best couple in the world, and we have our ups and downs. Sometimes I start stuff with him just to bring some spark into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Some, and sometimes he don't pay no attention, and then I laugh to myself like, you need to stop, you know. I just got and a I, typical marriage. And I hear you say you talked about trust. Not only trusting God, but putting your trust also into another person. And see, that was one of the areas I kind of fell short, is can I trust this person? Can I trust this person with my heart? Okay, we will have a party line in a minute. Okay, I have on the line Roy from California. Can we add Roy to this conversation? What? Roy, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, Roy, what do you want to bring to the table in regards to help me save my marriage or my relationship? Would you, do you have a question for either myself or for the pastor? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, what I guess is um, a basic general way of uh, being able to uh, communicate better. Okay, you're talking about communication. See, as we know, communication is not only just verbal, it's also nonverbal. And when we communicate and we're talking, is our words congruent with our actions? So give us or give our listeners a little bit more information in regards to what do you mean by communicating? Well, sometimes it's difficult to communicate when um, even after many years of uh, marriage. So, I mean, you know, I think, to me, at least, you know, communication uh, is important. So, you know, I mean, how, you know, what are ways that when you feel like you don't want to, I mean, that there's a disagreement that you communicate past that disagreement point. Okay. Now, from a psychological point, as a therapist, we would teach timeout mechanisms, learning and knowing when to take a timeout, because timeout is not only for children. One of the things I tell my families or my couples is, is out of respect for you and me and our relationship, I'm going to take a timeout. Okay? Pastor Robinson, do you want to shed some insight in regards to communication in a marriage? Well, um uh... In regards to his question, I think he said it was, uh, am I quoting him correct? He said sometimes it's hard to communicate when you disagree. Correct. Okay. The, the, one, one, of the things, one of the things that I found out uh, in, through my time in ministry is that, is that we have never learned how to argue. We, we arguing is is done in that same tone that I'm talking now. What what we are used to is we are used to being what some people call ghetto, what they call uh, ratchet, and what we must understand is when we are communicating and it comes to a point where we disagree, 
one of the first things I teach is just like uh, Jeanette said is, first of all, let's take a time out because what's going to happen is if we don't disengage in this, in this, in this uh, debate or argument, whatever you want to call it, what's going to happen is you're going to raise your voice and then I'm going to feel like I need to come up to your level or even higher to get my point across. And then we have to understand the the methods of communication because uh, me speaking as a man, I know a lot of men, and I say it myself, you know, we, we talk and we're like, I don't want to argue because when we talk to our wives, it's, it's, or, or there are things that we want to avoid that we can see that could potentially go wrong. What we fail to understand is that that women women confront because they want to connect. And what, what she's really trying to do is connect with you and trying to understand your process of thinking. But sometimes when it's not taught right, they may we we may and we don't give each other the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes I have to look past because emotion is always going to be in it. So sometimes I have to look past the emotion of what you're of what you're saying and I have to hear the words. Okay, outside of her being loud, what is she really trying to say? And if we are married and if we've been married for uh, a point in time, we should be able to decipher what they're really trying to say. And and and, and one, once we do that, then we'll be able to communicate better. But once it gets to a point where it becomes we should never ever ever in a in a argument disrespect one another, hit below the belt, argue unfairly. And once the tone gets there, now we need to disengage. And and if it gets that bad, then we need to bring in somebody else that's neutral to help us sort this situation out. But okay. today, I don't, I don't think we're very, I don't think we do that as, as couples because now nobody, it's, it's like a front. This is what I'm, I'm just basing it off what I see. It's a front. Everybody wants everybody to think that they're okay. So what we do, we do is we never bring our problems to the proper people. The different, but, but the difference, we do more complaining than we do concern. The difference between a complaint and a concern is direction. And oftentimes what we do is when we have conflicts or arguments, whenever you go on your level or below, it's not a concern. It's a complaint. But if it's a concern and you all can't get it together you all, yourself, then you need to go to somebody that's above you, that has more experience or that, that, that has, in, in my case, in the church, that has more governing authority over it. So, so you all can have a neutral environment where you can work out okay. this hard situation. Hey, excuse me, people. I, I, I actually called during my break at work, so Roy has Okay, got to go. Roy, we want to thank you for calling. I appreciate that. And one of the things, because uh, we're going to be taking a break in a few minutes, is talking about learning how to fight fair. So thank you for calling, Roy. We really appreciate your insight. Thank you. Okay. One of the things, Pastor, you brought up and was talking about is learning how to fight, learning how to talk to one another. See, we talk at people instead of talking to people. And sometimes because it's like talking to children, we're so used to thinking that if we raise our voice, the person is going to hear us. They will respond. It, we have to learn how to talk in that same tone. It's interesting how if you whisper, 
people will pay you more attention because they're trying to hear what you're saying versus you're screaming it out. Because as you scream, all you're doing is showing your emotions. You may be trying to get the person to understand that I'm really upset. However, we don't know how to be emotionally mature. We don't know how to get our needs met without talking about our feelings because we get confused. So we're going to be taking a break shortly, but we got like two minutes before we do that. Pastor, what would you say in regards to emotional maturity? Uh, uh, emotion uh, maturity. I think that the, that is that is something that first of all a person has to thine own self be true, because deep down inside of us, we we know we know where we're immature. We know where we need to grow up, but we can never change until we are true for with ourselves. A person that is insecure. They they know they know within themselves that they are insecure. But if they don't acknowledge them, if they don't acknowledge that themselves, then there's nothing. You can't go any further until you acknowledge that there's a problem. So the first thing that must happen is you must admit, okay, in this area right here, I really need to I really need to work on this area and I really need to grow in this area. So what what I'm going to do is either myself or either through seeing a counselor like you or or somebody, uh, whoever they deem necessary, in my case, a pastor or whatever, you, you go to that person and say, you know what, I need help. I need work in this area. You, you go to somebody that's already matured in the area that you're trying to mature. That is true. And that's, that's, okay, that's we're how gonna, I believe it'll work. Okay, we're going to take a break. We have like 30 seconds left. And let's call in if you have any questions. We're going to be winding it down pretty soon. So don't let... A closed mouth don't get fed. So if you're struggling with something, you have some questions, you want to bring it to the table, give Jeanette Abney a call at Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. We'll be waiting. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Empowerment. 
You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Hi, welcome back with Jeanette Abney, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Pastor Marcus Robinson from Raymond Words Ministry. We have another caller on the line, and I want to thank those that have called in to basically give us some information or share some things that have worked in their relationship or some of the struggles that they may be having. We have Samantha on the line in Arizona. Samantha? Hello. Hello. I am calling because... um. We were just talking about the emotional maturity of people. Well, I was raised in a family where emotions were a no-no. Either you were happy or you were angry. If you were sad, you were mad. If you were disappointed, you were angry. If somebody died, you were mad at them. It was just two emotions. I was never taught to be disappointed. I was never taught um, to disappoint. So um, when I met my husband that I've been together with, we've been together 16 years. When I met him, what I learned from him was patience. He gave me the patience that I needed to learn all of those emotions, to learn myself, to love myself enough to receive love. Because if you don't love yourself, you can't receive love, and you don't know how to give it either. And so that was my problem um, in my relationships on, on why they didn't work out because apparently I didn't love myself enough to receive the love that was given to me. Um, have you had these problems before? I'm calling to see if there's anybody else that had this problem or to learn from it. Well, I can truly say in regards to emotions, and I can truly understand where you're coming from with that, is because we were not taught appropriate emotions. We weren't taught how to express our emotions appropriately, and all we knew was love, hate, or anger. And with that, anger came domestic violence. With that anger came, if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. And all everybody right. paid for my pain. And as people were paying for your pain, you paid a greater price. Pastor preached a couple of Sundays ago, and Pastor, I'm going to call you on this one. And one of the things you said is, you cost too much to be acting like that. And that kind of goes into the behavior. Pastor, give us a little information in regards to our behavior in a marriage or in a relationship. Well, um, what, what, what we must understand is, as couples is, um, and I think you 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 under, you know too, and I think they teach. I know they teach this in psychology that that when you when you come together, I, I believe that that is one of the outside of loving each other. I believe that patience it, it, it should come right up under love because you are two different people, two different individuals coming from two different backgrounds, and now you are merging together. So now it takes, I think they, the last time I checked, I said, they said five years for a marriage to actually come together. And for those two people that walk down the aisle and pronounce themselves husband and wife to become one, actually. And that comes through a series of, of learning one another. And, 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 and I believe, 
and I can speak for the for the male side of the house. A lot of times, we don't we don't we have to be truthful and honest with each other, no matter because I know my wife. She is very 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 honest. Sometimes, sometimes to a point where you be like, "Wow, for real!" But I can appreciate that because she's letting me know how she feels. So so when when something occurs then I don't have to wonder why she feels that way. Most men on the, on the other half, we are very, very passive, and we think, okay, well, I don't like this that they're doing, so I'm not really going to speak on it yet, but it gets us to this boiling point, and then we blow up in marriages because we don't, we don't voice our opinions in the beginning. One of the things that I teach the singles in relationships is, Ask the hard questions. Ask the hard questions or or however you feel in the beginning, you need to get that out because if we're going to talk and something offends me or something hurts me in the beginning of our relationship, I need to let you know that in the beginning. So I believe the front end of the relationship is where we need to really, really work on uh, and bring out to the forefront what we see uh, our issues with behavior on both sides. And, you know, Pastor, I want to thank you for sharing that information because one of the things that I've been told, even in my own marriage, is sometimes we, you could be honest to a fault. And I know with my honesty, I was always consistent. I, was, I never wavered from being consistent because I was very honest. But my honesty kind of got me in trouble, especially because it's one of those things where you don't care about my feelings. You're not validating my feelings. Where I may not have felt what he felt because I can't. But by that same token, I was honest about how I felt. And like you said, when a person, whether it's the male or the female, hold on to things and want you to be a mind reader or a guest, it can cause conflict in a relationship because the person don't know. You didn't see anything. Well, and now you're at a well, point where you're about to blow up. What do, you, what do you have to say about that, Samantha? Well, I was um, informed, told one time because I was, I'm honest to a fault. And I was told one time by my husband, honesty without compassion is just being rude. Mm, wow. So, because <laughs> so, <laughs> you can tell the truth, but if you don't have compassion and be able to tell the truth in a compassionate way, and you're just blunt force with it, you can hurt people with the truth. It can be hurtful. So he told me, Truth without compassion is just being rude or just being hurtful. So it really, it really took me aback, just like it did you just now. It took me aback, but once I thought about it, then and, and now that I do come with the truth with compassion, we have a better uh, avenue of dialogue. We talk better because at first, like, like I said before, I wasn't taught all of these emotions. So when my feelings were hurt, it was just an instant argument, and my arguments can be very vicious because I didn't have that compassion. Once it came to me and him having an argument or a disagreement or anything, and, and I also wasn't taught that we can agree to disagree. I wanted you to agree with the way I felt. It wasn't mm-hmm. your side or my side. It was just my side. So, <laughs> it's what I want. It's my world. It's, okay. it's my world. 
And the thing, and the thing is, it's funny you said that, Samantha, is because one of the things we have to learn in a, in a relationship and in a marriage is we have to learn how to listen. We have to learn how to love. And we have to learn how to learn. Because sometimes we go into these relationships thinking that we know everything. Mm-hmm. We go do things the way we want to do it. And then the last part, because we're going to be ending our show pretty soon, is learning how to forgive one another. What do you do when that person may have said something to have hurt your feelings or disrespected you in a way, and that was not their intentions? Now, I'm not one that likes to write a book because I don't want to read a book, but I said when I write my first book, one of the things I want to talk about is bad decisions with good intentions. My intentions may be good, but I made a bad decision. But then how do you learn how to forgive? And how do you learn how to not only forgive yourself but forgive somebody else? Pastor, can you give us a little bit of information in regards to that? Well, part of forgive, forgive, one of the, uh, even in the English, the, 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 um, the four means be four. So, so we can't, a lot of times it's hard for us to forgive and we don't, we don't like to admit this is because we have put that person on such a level that we don't think that they're capable of doing us wrong. So mm-hmm. when they do do something wrong, it's harder for us to recover because I, we, we all, I never expected that from you. I never thought you would do this. or I never thought you would do that. Every, everybody that's breathing is capable of error. No matter how much you love them, no matter how beautiful they are, no matter how long you've been married, everybody's capable of error. And once you recognize that they're capable of error, the Bible says that in word, we offend all. So there may be just the way uh, you're raised and, and, and what could be a normal conversation around your house. You could go around somebody else and talk that way and you could offend them. The first mm-hmm. thing we must do is we cannot dictate somebody else's feelings. So if somebody says, if somebody says that hurt me, I cannot say no, it didn't mm-hmm. because I cannot dictate your feelings. If you, if you said that hurt me, okay. And I don't think it was, like you said, it was a, uh, my intentions were good, but maybe it came out wrong. The first thing I need to do is say, okay, explain to me or, or help me to understand how I hurt you. And as they explain it to you, then you say, okay, well, I didn't mean it this way. This is what I meant. And now that I know that, I will adjust the way I approach this situation. Therefore, it makes it easier for us to forgive. But most relationships, it's hard to forgive because that hurt my feelings. No, it didn't. <laughs> or, or you, 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 or you, or, or you, you hurt me right there. You a man, suck it up. I shouldn't have hurt you. Or wow. you, you hurt. No, no, we don't talk to each other like that. Mm-hmm. We don't talk to each other like that. We have to consider one another's feelings when we're dealing with one another. No matter how we may think or, or what we know, how it came off, you, you got to always consider the person, the other person's feelings. So the forgiveness part, I don't think. I don't think the offense plays the, 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 the biggest role in our forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's what happens after the offense. So Basically, you hurt me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go I ahead. 
Are you, no, because I hear you saying, and you're talking about consideration. See, that's a whole other topic that we don't even know anything about, many of us. Lack consideration is because we weren't taught how to consider other people's feelings. We were told what to do, how to do it. And next week, we're going to be talking about moving forward, forgiving and forgetting, even though we don't forget, but learning the art of forgiveness. And I want to share this in regards to a marriage and a relationship is there's a commitment. There's a commitment that we have to make, and we have to honor that commitment. And when we talk about putting people on a pedestal, I never thought that person would do that to me. One of the things in me growing up and watching my mother as a single mother, and my mother loved deep, the way she loved scared me from love to where I would go into things with an arterial motive, a contract marriage, or, you know, I want to do this. And my definition of marriage was not what marriage was supposed to be because of what I saw. And I will never forget as a child watching my mother with my father, and I'm going to throw him under the bus, kept wanting to, you want me to go to the store? You need something from the store? Where she sent him to the store to get some yams. And it took years for that man to come back. With, and I don't even know if he came back with some yams, but he could have grew some yams as long as he was gone. But it was hard for my mother to forgive him for that, and she held on to that unforgiveness and how that unforgiveness can ruin your relationship because it ruins you. We have two minutes before closing. Pastor, can you give us a little bit of a tips to help us, to, to teach us that forgiveness is a part of life? What, what can you tell our listeners about forgiveness to help them to determine if this marriage or relationship worth saving, how can I forgive this person? Well, first of all, the the, the misconception is uh, forgiveness is, is weakness. If I mm-hmm. if I if I forgive, I'm letting that person know that they hurt me, and and, and we have and, and and ingrained in all of us is, is a is a portion of pride that does wow. not like to admit when they've been hurt. So forgiveness makes you vulnerable, and it tells the person that uh, you hurt me. And then you, you must forgive because, number, number two, it's not for them. Wow. It's for you. There, there, there are so many people who are holding on to unforgiveness because they think they are handcuffing the person that they have not let go. But it holds your life up. You cannot move forward. And this is why relationships fail, because... If if I leave out a relationship without forgiving that person and I try to move into another one, I move forward naturally, but I'm still stuck in my past. Wow. Therefore, I'm going to treat Johnny like Ed, even though I'm married to Johnny, because I see something familiar. Wow. So this well, you know unforgiveness what? That, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know what, Pastor? We got 30 seconds, and I'm going to have to bring you back next week because next week's topic is going to be talking about moving forward, forgiving, and forgetting. So it sounds like you done got yourself another spot to help me out on this one so we can help individuals learn not to carry that baggage into our next relationship and keep us stuck. So that means tune in next week with Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney, and we're going to be talking about moving forward, forgiving and forgetting, so that we can learn that it's to help us so that we can heal. You want to say something, Pastor, in the last few seconds? Well, I just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to be on the show. Thank all the callers and listeners. 
for listening. Um, everybody in Rainbow World, I love y'all. Yeah, I know y'all were listening in. Um, and if you're ever in Temecula, Marietta, Marietta area, Oceanside area, come come check us out. Samantha, you want to say anything before we end? I guess Samantha's gone. Until then, thanks for listening to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and guest Marcus Robinson. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Please join us again for another program next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have an easy and relaxing week. You've got this.